0: Please be advised that this episode may contain strong language and spoilers.
1: Hello, and welcome to What the Forks, a podcast in which we revisit a teenage obsession Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga.
0: We're finding out if our love for this series will shine eternal or crumble to ash under close inspection. I'm Isaac.
1: I'm Chloe. And today we're talking about the third section of Breaking Dawn, the fourth and final novel in the saga. So this segment's called Welcome Chat. So welcome.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I feel like nine episodes in, we finally got it. You just name the segment. Yeah. You say what the segment does. Yeah. Welcome everyone. I'm quite excited.
1: This is the last bit of the books. This is it.
0: Shit. But it feels big.
1: Well, it's a big book. And we've had a lot to say. We were quite political in our last episode, I feel. Oh,
0: sorry about that, everyone.
1: Sorry about that. Sorry to be Demi Downers. (laughs)
0: But after today, we don't need to be thinking about these Twilight books anymore.
1: Not ever again.
0: I have started reading Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials trilogy. Mm-hmm. Just in time for the
1: HBO series.
0: Exactly the BBC one HBO co-production. Okay. Oh, hey. The trailer came out and I was like, oh.
1: Anything Ruth Wilson's in and I'm there.
0: Honestly, so true. Yeah. And I'd never read them as a child, no. and they were so popular, and I'm loving it. I'm nearly finished Northern Lights.
1: That's a yeah. fantasy. So you've continued with the fantasy. I
0: have. I have. I don't know if you can call it a young adult novel.
1: Is it quite adult?
0: No, it's it's supposed to be a children's book. Mm. I mean, I have not struggled, but I, there have been moments where I've been like, ooh, this is a lot at my age. So definitely if I'd read this when I was about 10, mm. which I think is the age is of... Is it
1: like serious issues or...?
0: No, no, no. Just um, dense mythology. Oh, right. Uh, And quite detailed kind of language. Um, Mm. It's a brilliantly written book, Mm. so I'm excited to see where it goes. I I knew nothing about it before starting it, other than the 2007 movie.
1: Yeah, Mm. with Nicole Kidman. No one talks about that. No one
0: talks about that. No. Anyway, we've got to do this. this. We've got to do this. The last time. Yeah. Here we go. It's time, finally, on the third episode of this book. To talk about the physical book. (laughs) Look at that smile on your face. You've grown to enjoy this. (laughs) Breaking Dawn was first published in 2008. I have with me here the white edition, which was published in 2010.
1: Yeah, yours is nicer.
0: You like it? Yeah. It's quite striking, visually. So the front cover and the spine are a matte white, while the back cover is matte red. The pages have the red edging, which match the back cover. So it all seems to kind of blend together. Mm. What's interesting about the front cover of the white editions is that they have no text. So this is part of a set. I suppose if bought separately, you already know what you're buying. This book doesn't need to sell itself to you. You're buying it because you already know. Yeah. Well, you've got a hardback edition.
1: I do. It is the original edition that I got when with you. I took the dust cover off. It, they are annoying on hardbacks. Are they? Yeah, they really frustrate me because then when you put them in the bag that the they tear at the bottom or on the side. Yeah, they side, get a bit frayed. And but... I don't like it. And then they slip off, they slip on. And um also I didn't want people to know what I was reading. <sighs> at least I was honest.
0: Another clue with the white edition to the fact that it's clearly supposed to be like a collector's edition. Mm. There's no advertising anywhere in it.
1: Oh thank god for which that. Which is
0: different yeah. to all of my others. There's nothing to indicate. Well, that this there's nothing the else a to series. advertise, is there? Well, but there is. She'd written The Host.
1: Yeah, there was nothing left to (laughs) advertise.
0: So when you open up the book, this novel is divided into three books. Yeah. What do you think?
1: It didn't need to be, did it?
0: I have already said this in a previous episode, but I think what it needed was to be two novels. I feel the first story ends at the end of book two and a new story begins and ends in book very, three. I have been very,
1: very angry though, and I think a lot of her fans would have been very angry if the uh, fourth instalment had just been the first and second book and ended there, and then we had to wait longer for the third, for the fifth even.
0: Well, yeah, but that's great business, surely.
1: I suppose. I guess the films were coming out,
0: so she had to get it out. Maybe she was just sick of it and just wanted it done, wanted to tie it all up. Yeah. Tables of Contents inconsistent. (laughs) This drove me crazy. Uh. When I first discovered this, I was quite mad. Book one and book three have their own tables of contents. There isn't a table of contents right at the beginning that explains to you what's in each book. You just dive straight into book one with its table of contents. Book three also has a table of contents. Book two is lacking one. Mm. I don't know if that's a statement on Jacob Black's chaotic... Personality. Why, why, Chloe? Why, why this forgot. choice? No. She forgot. No. Yeah. It would have been corrected in a later edition. My no, book was printed in 2010. Who cares? People do care. This is people's job. So if she wanted it done, mm. it would be done. It, it must be intentional.
1: The thing is, if she... I don't understand why you have numbered and titled jacob's
0: chapters and then not done their contents page if yeah you... oh we never really talked about how shit jacob's chapter titles are
1: that's, that's why we're doing it now you said you were, we wanted to bring it up now oh
0: okay how shit are jacob's <laughs> chapter titles
1: <laughs> really shit tick tock tick tock tock is one and i've put agreed kill her they're not great they're, they're really, really uninspired
0: maya really uninspired but then again that's a choice because bella's chapter titles have always been all right like or they've just been simple usually one or two words that kind of pick up on a key image or theme jacobs are a lot more like diaries they're just a continuous stream of consciousness Do you think it's a wolf thing like an animal thing a bit less considered, a bit more instinctual. That would have been fine if she hadn't numbered them. Mmm. If she was going to go for a format change, change it entirely. Yeah. We've got different page numbers, so I don't know if you're going to be able to find this. A footnote.
1: It says of the list of vampires yeah. that you can find at the back? Yeah. Yeah.
0: What? <laughs> Why? You don't
1: need it there, really, do you? You don't.
0: Yeah. Jacob got more surly with each new edition. He kept his distance when he could, and when he couldn't, he grumbled to Renezme that someone was going to have to provide an index if anyone expected him to keep all the new Bloodsuckers' names straight, with an asterisk at the bottom. There's a footnote that just says, see page 701. That is for non-fiction. Or I've seen it used in fiction that has... Again, a very dense mythology where you might need to relate back. It's not necessary here. And it feels like a joke. Who's compiled this list? Who's made this index? Is that part of the story?
1: No, it's
0: not. Has Renesmee written it?
1: Has Renesmee?
0: Well, because Jacob's complaining to Renesmee that someone's going to have to provide an (sighs) index. And then it's like, little asterisk, somebody has. Does that help Jacob? Is that an actual document that was handed to Jacob?
1: <laughs> the plain disgust on your face is
0: priceless. It's such a shame that we can see it. <laughs> Book three brings us Aro's handwriting. I found Aro's handwriting a very bold choice. It's in a Gothic style font that's meant to imitate the way that scribes of the Middle Ages would have written formal documents. Yeah. It shows Aro's age. It's also just very vampire y. I know there's an implicit threat in the fact that R.O. himself hand-wrote this note. Yeah. But I also think he could have just got the human secretary to type something up and it would have been fine.
1: To be honest, I didn't really think about the book physically. I think because I've got a hardback copy and it's quite plain. Okay. My my copy is a lot more plain than yours is. Is it? Yeah. I think it's
0: just... It's just different. It's not red. You're just so jealous I'm of my red I'm so mentions. jealous. Do you think she should have done that from the start? Yeah. I say she as though she decided it. it would like That's a book so to sign
1: cool. It. I remember when the white set came out and I was like,
0: now. Really? Yeah. You really wanted the white set? Yeah, I did. I don't know. I think the black ones look okay. Like, the white one is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it looks better.
0: I think it's only because it's different. I don't think that it's necessarily better.
1: Well, I think it's fancy. So.
0: For the final time, which chapters are we covering in this episode?
1: Nineteen to thirty-nine.
0: All of Book Three, Bella.
1: Um, before you do the plot,
0: okay. I have some grievances. Oh, just one. With me?
1: No. Okay. <sighs> silly, the preface. Okay. It's awful, and I've had enough. Oh. And you were like. The first preface of the first book of Breaking Dawn was really good and the best one. And I, I, I was like, was. yeah, and I bit my tongue. But now we've got book three and it's awful. It's just the same old shit. So I finally Googled it.
0: Finally. I finally Googled it. <laughs> Nine episodes <Yeah>. later.
1: <laughs> because I was like, right, fine. If we're gonna, we are gonna, we keep being annoyed with them, but we don't really know. She's, maybe she's been doing them right this whole time. No, 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 she hasn't. Okay, what's a preface? Okay. A preface is a chance for the author to speak directly to your readers about and why they or you wrote the book. What is it about and why is it important? Many books do not require one, especially works of fiction. Do you want me to get you an example of a preface?
0: Please, Yeah, I've got one
1: already here in my little notebook. Mark Twain, who wrote Tom Sawyer, this is his preface. Most of the adventures recorded in this book really occurred. One or two were experiences of my own, and the rest those of boys who were schoolmates of mine. Huck Finn is drawn from life. Tom Sawyer, also not from an individual, but is a combination of the characteristics of three boys whom I knew and therefore belongs to the composite order of architecture. So that is what a preface should be. If you feel the need to explain your work of fiction and how it came about. I mean, that's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. It's an introduction.
1: It's an introduction from the author directly to the readers. It's of written like,
0: as the author.
1: Yeah. It's not what she's doing.
0: So while you were reading your definition... You weren't
1: giving me your full attention, were you? I was
0: not. <laughs> I was looking up what I suspected this should have always been called a prologue. <laughs> so a prologue... It's a separate introductory section of a literary, dramatic or musical work. Yeah. It's a prologue. It's
1: prologues. It's been prologues the whole time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like the end of Sixth Sense.
1: Yeah. The whole time. The whole time. It's been prologues. So I've written one. That should have happened in Twilight.
0: So this is your preface or prologue?
1: This is a Twilight pre... Oh no, we've got plenty of prologues.
0: Right. This is what a preface
1: should have been. Right. And it's from Maya's perspective. This is all fictional. I've just made it up. Edward Cullen came to me in a dream. It had to have been a dream because he was perfect. An angel. I felt almost unworthy to have created him. And then I started hearing Bella's thoughts in my head the only real companion that Edward could ever have. After years of searching, they had found each other, and I realised they had chosen me to be the one to tell their story. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Completely fictional, but I'm just saying...
0: Now that you've got that off your chest. Yeah,
1: thank you. I feel a lot better. You know what?
0: I feel better. I yeah. feel better informed Ooh. than I ever would have been.
1: And Maya, you can you can take that. That's fine. If... You um, want.
0: if- Atom Publishing would like to <laughs> just change that, revise that for all future yeah, prints. Take it. That's fine. You can have that yeah. for free.
1: You're so welcome.
0: So Bella's transformed into a vampire and we get up. What? Off. I know, it's happened. You just went
1: straight in
0: there. Oh, I've got to. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just got to. You know what?
1: Oh, you're not even going to talk about The Burning? The worst chapter ever to have been written?
0: No, I'm not oh agony but you know why no plot occurs
1: i know it's but it's so frustrating i'm like okay either die
0: or wake up oh but we've spent we've heard about this several times that i did find it interesting Ugh. to describe the sensation because otherwise you would just always wondered like oh what is yeah, that like
1: two pages would have sufficed
0: mm, i don't know So Bella is transformed into a vampire and we get our first point-of-view descriptions of vampire life. Bella adapts extraordinarily well to life as a vegetarian vampire. When Edward carelessly takes her to hunt without checking the area for hikers, Bella is able to resist the smell of human blood and run away from the temptation. Bella meets her daughter, Renesmee. So Renesmee is half human, half vampire. She has a pulse and brown eyes and isn't venomous, but she drinks blood and has the power to project her thoughts into the mind of other people by touching them. She uses this power to communicate from an early age. She can even do it to Bella. Renesmee is also growing at an alarming rate, just as she did in the womb. Bella learns that Jacob has imprinted on Renesme and she flips out. The imprinting has meant that the tension between the two packs has been resolved. No wolf can harm the object of another wolf's imprinting. It's very convenient. Mm -hmm. That's just all of that drama from the last book just tied right up there. Yeah. always imprinted. done.
1: don't need, it's like, this third book, everything else is irrelevant.
0: But you couldn't have just started from here. No, because why would you have given people that joy? (laughs) But it wouldn't have made sense. Yeah, it would have. We learnt a lot in those first two books, I thought.
1: Wedding, fuck her, bite her, change.
0: Alice informs Bella that it's actually her 19th birthday, and as a present, the Cullens have fully renovated and furnished a small cottage in the woods for she, Edward, and Renesmee to live in. Bella and Edward spend the night doing it.
1: All night long. All night. All night night.
0: Against everyone else's judgment, Jacob invites Charlie to the Cullen house to see Bella.
1: Oh, I have so many thoughts about this. I just think it's incredibly selfish. And and now the dynamic between Bella and Jacob is different. It's like Jacob literally doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Yeah, but it's different now. I don't love you, so yeah. fuck you. Instead,
0: I love your daughter.
1: Yeah, creepy. And, um, oh, you're going to take her away from me i don't think so i'm going to get naked in front of your father nearly give him a heart attack and change him into a and change myself into a wolf could you imagine him changing child <laughs> into a wolf i'd be kind of hot <laughs>
0: But outrage, outrage. I mean, when you put it like that. Yeah, no, it's, it's not good.
1: Like, kudos to Charlie for not having a mental breakdown. He knows something's up with his daughter. He's being He knows he's being lied to by Billy, by everybody else. And then Jacob starts stripping off. He's like, this isn't really the time, Jacob.
0: <laughs> I mean, it might ease something. <laughs> yeah. Charlie cannot know about vampires, or he would be in danger from the Volturi. Yeah, Jacob, Jacob doesn't give a shit. <clears throat> he does, like, he would. He'd feel really bad, but...
1: Oh, no. I'm to kill Charlie. Because when Ed was like, I know you don't give a shit about Bella anymore, but have you thought about the repercussions of your actions? And he's like, No. And then he's like, Oh, sorry, guys. No, it's too late though, because Charlie's on his way. Bella has to learn how to be human in like five seconds, and she's only just learned how to be a vampire.
0: When Charlie arrives, Bella is able to control her thirst and is happy that she won't have to sacrifice her relationship with her father after all. But he smells good, apparently. Oh, well, she nearly eats him. Yeah. Nearly eats her dad. Yeah. Ooh. So many problems. Yeah. Charlie is as taken with Renesmee as everyone else. Everything has worked out perfectly. A happy ending. Then we flash forward three months. One day, whilst Bella, Jacob and Renesmee are out hunting, Bella sees Irina in the distance. Irina is a member of the Denali Coven, Kate and Tanya's sister. She and Laurent fell in love when he joined her family after the events of Twilight. She's held a grudge against the Cullens and the Wolves since the Wolves killed Laurent in New Moon.
1: He was going to kill Bella.
0: Exactly, but everyone, well, Irina doesn't care. Basically. Yeah. Her husband or boyfriend, whatever. Her lover has been killed. Mate. I don't like that they call them that.
1: Okay, I'm sorry, but that's what it is. That is the terminology.
0: Yeah, but they don't mate, do they? Because they can't. Well, apparently they do. Just Bella. Only because she was human.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't mean that the sperm doesn't work from a vampire.
0: Yes, but the eggs don't work from another vampire, from a female vampire. Yeah, it's not fair, is it? Sexism! In these books?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Outrageous! (laughs) What's was outraged. I can't believe they'd save all the sexism for the final bit. <laughs> Before Bella can speak to Irina, she disappears. Back at the house, Alice has a vision. Irina has seen Renesmee and assumed her to be a forbidden immortal child. She's going to the Volturi to report this. Because the Volturi are threatened by the size and power of the Cullen family, they have been waiting for an excuse to legally attack them, so the decision is already made. The Cullens have about a month to prepare, though they stand no chance against the full Volturi clan. Carlisle decides that they will contact every vampire they know and ask for witnesses. If enough vampires can meet Renezme and stand with the Collins to attest that she is not a vampire, perhaps they can avoid a battle. Alice and Jasper run away. Oh it's sad. I it's know. so
1: sad. Like we've loved Alice. We've been made to love Alice, and then she gets nothing in this book.
0: Well, she's gone, she's busy. It's all about what information she provides. But also, uh, that means that because of her power, she has more information than anyone else about what is going to come. Mm -hmm. The fact that she's run away leaves everyone feeling really shit.
1: It's just so sad. And what's really sad is how easy they think that that she's just deserted, that there isn't a reason for it. They're like, she's just left.
0: But everyone knows what it's like to have that connection. Because everyone in that family now has their partner, Mm. who they would want to protect above anything else
1: but the the cullens aren't like that though
0: aren't they edward sat out of the battle with the newborns mm. because bella asked him to i feel like if it was a choice between you know carlisle or anyone else i think esme would probably pick him mm. rosalie and emma absolutely would pick each other yeah i don't know or maybe it is just that alice and jasper are a bit different bella comments on it they're the ones who haven't been made by the family
1: mm. It doesn't mean anything. They're just trying to find meaning behind her leaving.
0: Yes, because um. of the grief. But they do continue to work to defend their family. Over the next few weeks, vampires descend on the Cullen house and agree to bear witness for them. Bella learns that she's a shield. She has the supernatural ability to protect her mind from attack. This is why Edward has always been unable to read her mind, and Jane cannot cause her any pain. Bella works on developing her power so that she can push it out from herself and protect others. At the same time, following a tip Alice left her, Bella seeks out Jay Jenks, a dodgy lawyer who creates forged documents for the Cullens. She has Jenks produce travel documents for Jacob and Renesmee so that they can escape, because she's convinced that she and Edward are going to be killed. When the time comes, the Cullens, the werewolves and their witnesses gather in the clearing. Their plan works. The Volturi are unnerved by the amount of support surrounding the Cullens, Caius is eager for an execution, but Aro is very concerned about bad press. When it's understood that Renezme is not an immortal child, Irina is executed for bearing false witness.
1: That's sad.
0: It's quite intense. I yeah. don't know if I call it sad, but it was obviously it's sad for Tanya and Kate. Yeah. But it's it's shocking.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's the only death.
1: I was going to say it's the only shocking thing that actually happens because
0: no one actually dies.
1: Nothing happens. <laughs>
0: Still looking for a reason to condemn the Cullens, the Volturi suggests that Renesmee could still be a threat to the vampire world, as she is an unknown quantity. Aro says, Only the known is safe. Only the known is tolerable. The unknown is a vulnerability. Whilst Aro, Caius and Marcus confirm...
1: I love how Marcus gives no shit.
0: Oh, I love Marcus.
1: He's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, can we, like, get home for tea, He's the one who's
0: like, "I'm I'm too old for this. yeah.
1: He's like, I'm so done. And he says, he's like, nothing's been done. Like, nothing's, nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. Like, it's fine. She, she's not an immortal child. Shall we Shall we go home now? Yeah.
0: What do you think he gets excited about? Nothing anymore. Nothing? Nothing. Oh, Marcus. Yeah. Marcus has power, doesn't he? What is his power? I don't know. Does he? You know what's good for this? The vampire index.
1: Hey! You scoffed.
0: You scoffed? You scoffed. You didn't read it.
1: Well, I'm reading they're all in
0: it okay so can you tell me (laughs) no caius has no power marcus does what's his power i don't know i forgot (laughs) the the index doesn't tell me oh
1: well then (laughs) it's useless
0: whilst aro caius and marcus confer jane alec and chelsea attempt to psychically disable the cullens and their allies but in a moment of rage bella is able to protect them all with her shield Before the Volturi can make their decision, Alice and Jasper return, bringing with them Nahuel, a South American half-vampire who acts as evidence that Renesmee will pose no threat to the vampire world. Nahuel reached adulthood, age seven, and has not changed since then for about 150 years.
1: Quite convenient, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's the deus ex machina. It's not been set up. None of the good guys actually had to do anything to overcome it. It's like, oh, we're really in the shit. (laughs) Oh, never mind. Boom. Yeah. Like, yes, there was the setup because Alice had gone, but we had nothing, we didn't get to see that journey. I know. Uh, so it is just...
1: That's so frustrating, I'd have loved to have gone with them.
0: <laughs> mm. With no other argument to make, the Vulturi leave in peace. Bella lives happily ever after with the people she loves. End of saga.
1: Okay, so I have so many, like, just little things because so much happens. Very quickly, we kind of brushed up against it. <laughs> <laughs> Names, nicknames.
0: Oh. We,
1: we spoke about M and Jazz.
0: We did. Reductious.
1: How do you feel about Nessie?
0: I used to hate Nessie. Yeah. I remember on my first reading, sharing Bella's Rage. Now I just think, well, actually, that's a much better name than Renesme.
1: Renesme is awful.
0: And Nessie, actually, I feel like in 2019, Nessie could be quite a popular name.
1: Like the Loch Ness.
0: Yeah, but people would just assume Vanessa.
1: True. I have a little history fact. I hope you mm-hmm. don't mind. Got annoyed again. Aro sends the threatening note with a very impressive piece of jewellery that no one in their right mind would wear. But the box itself is a priceless treasure. And this is a direct quote from Carlyle. I always wondered where the crown jewels disappeared to after John of England pawned them in the 13th century, Carlyle said. I suppose it doesn't surprise me that the Volturi have their share. Right. Carlyle's wrong. Okay, so it wasn't pawned. King John also named the bad king. If we're thinking back to Robin Hood. Oh, King okay. John is the one who stole from everybody, but particularly the poor, taxed everybody, And was obsessed with gold and jewels and uh, was a little bit
0: unhinged. Okay.
1: That's the King John that we're discussing. He was fleeing from city to city because people were starting to revolt.
0: Understandably. Understandably,
1: yeah. So anyway, on tour between Kings Lynn and Lincoln. Ooh. Yeah, shout out to our hometown. Yeah. Known as The Wash. He was attacked by his enemies and the jewels sunk in the wash. They are under sand dunes in Lincolnshire. They weren't pawned. Just wanted that to be known. I'm just going to say this Mm -hmm. once and I'm not going to repeat myself. I really like Bella as a vampire. Me too. She's self-assured. She no longer questions Edward's love for
0: her. She knows who she is.
1: She's confident. She's powerful. She's powerful, but humble.
0: She's cool. Her power is cool. Yeah.
1: She saves the day with her power.
0: She's the hero. Yeah. In this book.
1: And Edward and she says hasn't it. Been
0: before. Yeah,
1: and it's the first time that she realizes the way Edward looks at her, like in astonishment and awe,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. he's like, "It's you. You're the reason that we're saved. That we're still here." Go Bella. But I don't really understand how her power works. I know it's sort of explained, but I don't get it because so, if it's to do with what physical contact it works on her, but if it's to do with her mind, it doesn't.
0: The theory is, I think, that Jasper's ability physically calms you down or physically winds you up. Right. So he is dealing with chemistry. Okay. Whereas everything else is psychic. And Bella is able to psychically protect herself and others. Bella's powers are very X-Men, but a lot of the vampire's powers are... Yeah. Like Benjamin, who can control the elements. That's kind of cool, though. It's very cool, but it's a lot. It's more than just in Twilight when we had some kind of flaky visions Mm. and a mind reader. Things that weren't quite so tangible. Suddenly we've got people conjuring fire Mm. and projecting visions. There's lots of really shooting electricity Mm. from your hands, like Kate can. Mm. They are a team of superheroes. Yeah. This book treads a really funny line for me between horror, vampire tropes and sci-fi.
1: Yeah, in some ways it doesn't really know what it wants to be. Um, But this is the first time I feel like Maya has some
0: good stuff here. Really, really good. This is why I would say that I'm probably a fan of this book today. Because it is genuinely quite interesting.
1: It is, and I would love to know more about the other vampires as well and what happens after the go, and when will they return, what will be their excuse? Because they're not going to let it go. That was no. humiliating.
0: Maybe we'll get spin-offs, maybe we'll get more stories. I mean, J.K. Rowling's not stopping. I mean, I'm not comparing them in terms of my enjoyment of the work, <laughs> uh, but there is plenty of scope here to bring out new things, new narratives, new characters. Mm
1: -hmm. I'd love to have a spin-off book about where Alice and Jasper went and their thoughts about leaving. I would love to know if Benjamin and his mate come back. Mm -hmm. They they seem to really like the Cullens. It would be so nice if some of those vampires stayed and joined
0: the Cullens. Yeah.
1: That would be cool.
0: I'd love to know about what life is like back home for the Irish.
1: Yeah, I'd love to know about the Amazons.
0: Yeah, they're all really good characters, yeah. and some of them, some of them get really nicely fleshed out. Some of them don't so much. Yeah. You just get more variety than we're used to in these mm. books. People from different places, different voices, There's more different of a abilities. World.
1: Because in Twilight, we're not told about anything really. We see we see three nomads. And we're like, okay, that's quite rare. Mm-hmm. So we don't know really about the vampire world. New Moon, we have now the royalty and the politics of it all, mm-hmm. and that's quite shocking.
0: And then in Eclipse, you've got almost like organised crime. Yeah. You've got the underworld. Yeah. Of the underworld. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Really nice. You get some difference. Yes. Siobhan.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Everything about her is described in a positive way. Yeah. She is as hypnotic and as enchanting to look at as any other vampire. Because we've had it before where Bella's weight is kind of shoehorned in a couple of times. Everyone seems very skinny. Yeah. It's nice to have, although it's a shame that she's just a passing character, really... Siobhan as a character provides that for us um, of a, a bigger vampire. And the fact that but vampire transformation, I think we talked a little bit mm. before about what effect does that have on
1: Well, I said they become variety. stunningly beautiful. Yeah. Um, but we we have previously mentioned, like, could you be disabled? Exactly. Could you be plus-sized? And clearly you can.
0: It's so great that the transformation into a vampire makes you beautiful, doesn't make you thin. Yeah. And that those things are not... One in the same. same. Yeah, exactly.
1: And being a gorgeous, fat, agile, strong... Yeah. ...monster. Yeah, I really appreciated just a wider story. It's really positive. Yeah, it's just such a shame I took the last book.
0: (laughs) But at least we got it. I suppose. We're here, we made it.
1: I have a question as well about Jay Jenks.
0: Aw, Jay. What do you
1: think about this whole... Segment, this whole storyline.
0: I remember when I first read this book. Yeah. Loving it. Um,
1: it was a bit cool.
0: It was very cool, considering Bella as a vampire. She had that, in my head anyway, she had the whole femme fatale thing going. It was very film noir. Mm. She's stunning. The trench coat. She's, well, she's not using a fake name, but she's getting documents in fake names. Yeah. I loved it.
1: He's terrified of Jasper.
0: Yeah. So he should be. Oh. Yeah, I like it. Oh, okay. I think Jay can take it. He's lucky that he's dealing with the Cullens and not someone else, you know? Yeah. Um, I like to see a little bit of the real world peeking through, Mm. especially as we get more and more soaked in fantasy because Bella is no longer our anchor to the real world. Yeah. It's quite nice to have her the vampire, revisit the real world and interact with a human and claim her power there. Yeah. The whole interaction with Jay is not something she ever would have done.
1: No, that's true. As a human.
0: And it's mm. just nice to see her, although it's in really awful circumstances, it's nice to see her not involve Edward and it's her being smart, following Savvy. Alice's...
1: Kind of clues, mm-hmm.
0: making decisions by herself. It's all good things, all good stuff.
1: I do appreciate the fact that um, Jay thinks that she's going to be kidnapping Renes.
0: <laughs> I know, which is a logical conclusion yeah. to have drawn from that. He's worried for the little girl.
1: Yeah. Oh. And yeah, he still does it. He's too terrified to stop it. If I it were, If that's what would be happening.
0: He's a classic... Good guy, bad guy. Mm. He's not a not a good guy. No. But
1: he's not a bad guy. My last little thing, if you will. I will. Thank you. I remember being extremely frustrated
0: that no action happened. So did you find it an anticlimax? A
1: little bit. I don't want the Cullens to die or any of their witnesses, but
0: would have been more interesting. So I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but the fact that Fred Weasley died in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. And Hedwig, oh. Dobby, the list goes on. Mm. It raises the stakes and makes the work as a whole just more well-rounded.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And even more powerful. Yes. Yeah, because it illustrates exactly what has been overcome. Yeah. Because there must be sacrifice to overcome these things. Yeah. Irina was the only sacrifice. Yeah. And even then she had betrayed them. Yeah. I don't think any of us wanted her to die. We all understood. But had one of the Cullens died, it would have been more effective. I don't know. I think it was just a case of not being able to kill your darlings.
1: Yeah, Mm. I think so as well.
0: I'm really going back to Twilight with a lot of this. and back to our first and second episodes of What Mm. the Forks. To me, Bella's transformation into a vampire feels like... Just the perfect resolution to the queer reading that I began in our first episode. Mm. Jacob outs Bella, we talked about this, without her permission. But Charlie accepts the change in Bella. Even though he might not understand it, he can accept it. And this is one of the most genuinely touching moments of the whole saga for me, I think. Bella says to Charlie that she loves him as he's leaving. And Charlie replies, love you too, kid. Whatever else has changed, that hasn't. Oh so lovely,
1: mm,
0: and that isn't maybe queer, but that's a really hopeful and beautiful ending to a queer storyline, yeah,
1: yeah, lovely,
0: and Charlie's had his problems. Do you remember in the first episode, yeah, in the first half of twilight, there was that moment when Bella says, If only Charlie knew what I did want, mm. And there's that anxiety, and I talked about that anxiety. Yeah, I remember of a young person worrying about their parents yeah. finding out about their true desires.
1: Yeah, and who they really are, and who
0: they re- Yes, and how that's going to affect them. Mm. This feels like the conclusion to that moment.
1: He's uh, he's redeemed himself.
0: He's still just doing his best. Yeah, but sometimes his best is good enough. Yeah. Sometimes
1: would Charlie get it?
0: Let's see how he's depicted in the films. By embracing the desires which have been shunned or ridiculed by some, Jacob. <laughs> Dick. Bella's joined her chosen family and found her power through embracing those desires. Yeah, look, like
1: we've already said she's empowered, she's self-assured.
0: And all this has come from what she wanted, and she yeah. wanted it from the beginning. Yeah. Straight away. And these men kept denying her. And it's who she really is. Yeah. And it's this part that makes me think that there are elements of Bella's journey that could Mm. reflect the trans experience.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: By changing her outer, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Bella is more able to find inner Mm. equilibrium and peace with herself. Oh,
1: good use of the word equilibrium. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Mm
0: -hmm. She says, it was like I had been born to be a vampire. I had found my true place in the world, the place I fit, the place I shined. And although I believe it should be Sean, the sentiment is still lovely.
1: For anybody growing up, she's been a teenager. Mm -hmm. And now her transitioning into a vampire is her becoming a woman. She's a mother now. She's a wife now. She has responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't define you, but that makes you mature. You have different responsibilities. It makes you grow up. Mm -hmm. And with that comes, well, hopefully, comes reassurance and... Yeah,
0: and she's, just found, she's found herself. She's found her calling. She's meant to be a vampire, she's meant to be a mother, and she's meant to be a wife to Edward. And it all started by sitting with a freaky boy at lunch. Yeah. We've gone on a journey. Yeah, we have. The other thing I want to hark back to from our hark. early episodes is mythology mm. and vampire history. <sighs> So, I want to revisit some of our previous burning questions.
1: Oh.
0: To give us a little bit of insight that I think we've gained since reading Breaking Dawn. Okay. We were right about coughing up food, of I think. Of course, we
1: bloody were.
0: At their wedding, Bella and Edward shove cake into each other's faces.
1: Oh, yeah. And Edward
0: manfully swallowed his portion as I watched in disbelief, which, which was, was a very. Stupid. <laughs> <slippery warm line. laughs> I love it when Edwin manfully swallows his portion. <laughs> what does that even mean, manfully swallowed his portion? What is a
1: manful swallow? Does that mean a big bite? Is that what a manful swallow I is? I think it's
0: just doing something that you're not going to enjoy.
1: Oh, because, yeah, men always do that. I was going to say, men
0: are shit at that. <laughs> and then in, in this book, Carlisle says, we've been trying to get Bella what she needs and her body is accepting it about as well as one of ours would. I take that to mean throbbing up. Yes. So. Sometimes yay. we're clever. Also, right from the beginning, they don't pee or poop. No. When they're having their sex Bella says, we didn't have to catch our breath or rest or eat or even use the bathroom. Official. Yeah. They don't do it. They don't sweat.
1: No. Nope.
0: Bella says about Emmett that she wanted to let him sweat figuratively. Mm. No sweat. No sweat. No bodily fluids, except apparently semen. Edward doesn't masturbate. Hey! Remember that one?
1: Yeah, but we we did say he he, he did, didn't we? Or didn't we? What did no, we say?
0: we said he didn't because he loves to suffer. Yes, yes. we were right! <laughs> he loves to suffer! Because he does. Yeah. And so what's he been doing instead? He says, there's a reason why I'm the best musician in the family. I've just had a lot of free time.
1: I really hope he says it like that. I've
0: just had a lot of free time. The lot is <laughs> italicised. Oh. Yeah. So he's not been wanking. He's not
1: been wanking, bless him. So
0: there we go. If we and... were to just stop masturbating, we would play the piano by now.
1: Oh, crap. But he still has semen in his body. Would mm-hmm. he not get blue balls?
0: That's not a real thing, Chloe. That is a lie boys tell you, and you need to stop believing it. them. <laughs>
1: masturbate
0: no that's that's wow i've
1: learned something
0: oh my god no again i
1: just thought it was healthier for boys to make sure they masturbate
0: i mean it's not bad for you to masturbate but i'm sure i mean i'm not a doctor if there are any doctors (laughs) out there please don't get in touch but but i'm sure that you are absolutely fine to masturbate or not masturbate as you so choose yes Mm. it might get i don't know distracting it might be easier It's just not bad to masturbate. Just go ahead and do it if you want to do it. But if you don't, if you don't do it, Mm. you'll be fine. You won't die. We were wrong about Venom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was a tricky one. We were both like, I
0: don't know. That was tricky. It doesn't seem to be something they can control. Because uh, Alice says about Bella's contact lenses that the venom in your eyes will dissolve them in a few hours. Yeah. They have venom in their eyes.
1: Yeah, but why is kissing okay then?
0: Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you have venom in your eyes and not...
1: the saliva. Yeah. And it the... clearly is in the saliva because when he bites her... Yeah. It's what it's able to... He can lick yeah. and it will what? heal up. Like a cat.
0: Cats don't heal me when they lick me.
1: Oh, you haven't met the right cats.
0: Oh. Bella says my muscles flexed and venom welled in my mouth. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. This is when Bella's on the battlefield and the Volturi are coming at her, and she's like all tense, oh, and right. it seems to be almost like a reaction to danger, yeah, like and adrenaline. To protect yourself. Venom welled in my mouth. So then, giving Edward a blowjob. Is it
1: not Venomous? Is she so
0: is it? Yes, surely, but then surely it would be Venomous kissing him too. Well, apparently that was fine when she was human. It doesn't make sense. If anyone out there actually in the fandom, because there will be theories, tweet us or Instagram messages if we're missing something, but I think we've found a hole in the mythology. Yeah. We're probably just going to get loads of messages going like, guys, there are so many holes. Do <laughs> 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 you found the most trivial of them. <laughs>
1: important if i'm gonna be honest i need to know if his semen is venomous
0: it has to be if your eyeballs are venomous and your venom wells in your mouth they don't sweat they don't pee they don't poop probably because of the venom if they could pee it would be venomous if they could sweat it would be venomous well that must be painful so a bit about um vampire history i really enjoy this
1: okay i
0: love the romanians
1: yeah really interesting why Ah,
0: oh, they're so cool I love the Romanians because they give us a more comprehensive glimpse into the wider vampire world. We've already seen quite a lot, but they give us the history. Hmm. Stefan and Vladimir are the only two surviving members of the coven which formerly ruled the vampire world before they were overthrown by the Volturi 1500 years ago. That's a long grudge. We've been waiting a millennium and a half for the Italian scum to be challenged. Their only desire is to see the Vulturi defeated. I love them so much. <laughs> they're there. They've got a vendetta. They don't really give a shit about anyone there. No. They're just like this could be entertaining. Yeah. I'm gonna watch to see my enemies potentially get embarrassed. Hopefully defeated.
1: Yeah.
0: But they're just there. They're just there for the ride, and I love it. They are the most classically creepy and camp vampires we've seen in the saga. Yeah,
1: thank goodness.
0: They have the same powdery skin as the Vulturi, but without the filmed eyes.
1: I have a question about that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's what happens when you get older as a vampire? You just become cakey? It gets... Oh, the skin. Yeah.
0: Yes. Vladimir explains it to Renesmee. Oh,
1: yeah, I remember now, because she asks.
0: Yeah. And it's such a brilliant moment. I love it. He says, We sat still for a very long time, child, contemplating our own divinity. We didn't notice for a long time that we were changing, almost petrifying. Now the vultures' eyes are filmed with dusty scum, but ours are bright. I imagine that it will give us an advantage when we gouge theirs from their sockets. And then Bella, like, hurries Rinesme <laughs> away from the creepy man who's just told her infant daughter about gouging eyes from sockets. I love it. It's such a good so name. So basically,
1: if a vampire stays still for too long, they start to yes.
0: get cakey. Just papery skin, mm. dusty eyes, that kind of milky. Like the old Dracula. Exactly. Mm. But by staying active, they stay a bit more alert and fresh. Transylvania is in Romania. Yeah. So they are literally.
1: Yes.
0: Draculas. Yes. Like that's their whole point. And it's so over the top. But as we've discussed before, I love a bit much if it's in the right place. Yeah.
1: I didn't think it was that much,
0: to be honest. It's a
1: vampire book.
0: Exactly. It's good to have some classic stuff there. They seem mysteriously delighted by the Cullens' alliance with the werewolves. Dracula, in Bram Stoker's novel Dracula, could command a pack of wolves to do his bidding, and he called them Children of the Night.
1: Ah, that's what is used in this book.
0: Children of the Moon in this Ah. book. Similar thing, but definitely Mm. a reference there. Mm. So the mysterious delight, it's never actually explained, but I think that that's probably a call back to that. The Romanians probably would have had a close bond with wolves. And they say, at least when we ruled, we were honest about what we were. (laughs) We never put on white hats and called ourselves saints. And I love that. Yeah. Same as I love Rosalie, knowing that she's a pretty bitch.
1: And she's like, you still don't like me. Sorry.
0: Yeah. It's the same with these guys. They're like, well, we're honest about what we are. They're not about politics. Mm. They're about domination. Different kind of mythology. Werewolves and witches also what i talked about i think back in episode two we learn in twilight that carlyle's father hunted witches werewolves and vampires in london in the 1640s Mm. we talked about this back when and i argued back in episode two that this implied that witches and werewolves exist in this world yeah and i was correct correcto Obviously, in New Moon, we learn about Samuel Lee's pack of werewolves, but we never really discussed, and it's never commented on in the text, how dissimilar they are to traditional werewolves of yeah, legend and pop culture. I'm surprised culture.
1: we didn't discuss it more, actually.
0: Because I'm a big werewolf yeah. fan, we talked about that, but we didn't talk about how they're actually nothing and like nothing werewolves. And nothing to do with the moon! No. We first get a hint of the existence of true werewolves at the end of Eclipse. When Seth defends Edward from Riley... Edward speaks aloud to questions in Victoria's thoughts, saying, No, he won't turn on me. Look more closely. Is he really so much like the monster James tracked across Siberia? And it's just hidden amongst there and never gets brought up again. But that was our first hint that the Quileute pack are not the only werewolves. But they're not
1: werewolves, they're shapeshifters.
0: Exactly. That's what we learn in this novel. It really feels like Maya has had a clear mythology built in, and these little unexplained moments are there for us to pick up on as and when we notice them, which is pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. We have a complete mythology there. So we get more concrete information in Breaking Dawn. The children of the moon have been our bitter enemies from the dawn of time. We have hunted them to near extinction in Europe and Asia, says Caius. Mm -hmm. Aro explains the more accurate name for them would be shapeshifters. The choice of wolf form was purely chance. These creatures truly have nothing to do with the children of the moon. It's genetic. They do not continue their species by infecting others the way true werewolves do. Edward later explains that the true children of the moon rarely move in packs. They are never much in control of themselves. And that Caius is terrified of them because he almost lost a fight with one a few thousand years ago. So there we have it. There are traditional werewolves.
1: Yeah, but what about witches? Witches don't get really explained. So,
0: I don't have really any new information on witches (laughs) per se. My theory about witchcraft in the Twilight universe is a bit of a stretch, and it requires more interpretation. I still stand by my idea... About
1: Alice?
0: From episode two. Yes, that Alice, Edward and Jasper were born with latent magical abilities, which blossomed in their transformation into vampires. I've made a few notes about Bella. I've mentioned before that I think Bella has some ability mm-hmm. that has just been under the surface thus far.
1: I think that's how it's supposed to be read as yeah. well.
0: In New Moon, she dreamt of Sam shape shapeshifting long before she knew about the wolf pack. Mm. And in Breaking Dawn, her dreams of the dangers of immortal children. It's foreshadowing, but it could definitely be a vision. Mm. Not quite the same as Alice, but an, an element of that. So although I don't have any new information from this book about witches, I think that my theories still stand. And the fact that the Romanians refer to Jane and Alec as the witch twins (laughs) just made me think there's something out there. Yeah. It's just not been touched on in these stories explicitly. So we've already done both of our final verdicts for this novel.
1: Yeah.
0: What are we going to do now? An ultimate verdict. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got some questions to ask each other about the saga as a whole. Are you glad to have reread the Twilight Saga?
1: Yes, I am. No, I love the fact that we've wanted to do a podcast for a while. Mm -hmm. And this was just the perfect subject matter because it affected our adolescence. It really did.
0: I agree. Um, I'm glad to have done it. It's not always been fun, but I am glad I've... I think I've definitely got a better understanding now of maybe what drew us to it, but also why I've been hesitant to call myself a Twilight fan yeah. for the last 10 years.
1: Which was your favourite book out of the entire saga?
0: It is Breaking Dawn.
1: Mm.
0: Like I said in the last episode, I think, I don't believe you need to read Twilight, New Moon or Eclipse to understand the Twilight saga and to get what's happened. Yeah, There's enough exposition and it's the most exciting. I think it's pretty good. I think it's a pretty interesting take on vampire mythology.
1: It's an interesting take on it. It completely changes the way it's been viewed before.
0: Yeah. Which isn't sure. necessarily a bad thing. No,
1: that's not what I'm implying. No. It's, it's interesting. It's nice to have, I suppose, the anti-hero
0: mm-hmm. be a good
1: good guy. and
0: It's quite modern. Yeah,
1: it's modernistic. It's
0: Certainly compared to Twilight, with its dial-up internet connection and perms, at least in this book we got an MP3 player. (laughs) What's your favourite?
1: It has always been Twilight, the first one, and I thought that's what would remain, and I just thought they got worse and worse as they went on. But now, I think, book three
0: of Breaking Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) For a second I was going to say, Eclipse? Really? Why? Just book three of Breaking
1: Dawn. I don't need the wedding and I don't need Jacob's shit. I love Leah, but
0: I'm sorry. What has this series taught you?
1: Oh, that's a big question. It's taught me that I love you. Oh. Yeah. You
0: I... needed this book series to learn to do you?
1: <laughs> it's a testament to our love. I love that we have a history with a, a text, we have vivid memories with it and now we have even more memories with it for undergoing this experiment do you ever regret (laughs) (laughs) yes
0: do you ever worry that we've made the twilight saga a part of our legacy (laughs) i don't think we have a legacy
1: we have a legacy now
0: oh is this our legacy
1: apparently so so i
0: ask again do you regret
1: (laughs) this was the subject matter for our legacy.
0: Out of everything we could have done.
1: (laughs) No, because we picked it apart, didn't we?
0: We did. And yeah, and it's still fun.
1: It's fun. And there, it's nice to know that we have grown if the books have not. I used to love this saga for the love story. And now I think it's more about the magic. Yeah. Which is nice.
0: I would say that Particularly with the, on this reading, I've just been reminded that my interpretation of a story is my own. Yes. And doesn't have to be aligned with the author's intention. And that your feelings about a text can be really impacted by the context in which you're reading it or interacting with Ooh, it. Ooh,
1: yeah. That's a good point to because make.
0: Because the Twilight Saga in 2019 quite different to the twilight yeah. saga in 2008 yeah um just in terms of you and i yeah. and, and who we are now mm. uh it's just an interesting kind of yardstick i've also learned that there are just not enough mainstream stories about female werewolves or young indigenous americans yeah not enough of that we just want to take a moment to say thank you to all of you for Thanks. listening Whether you've been keeping up with us every fortnight and reading the books along with us, or maybe you're listening to this far in the future when we're long dead.
1: Oh, we started this podcast on a whim and your support and feedback means the world to us. Love them or hate them, these books played a part in shaping who we are. And we're glad to find that we're really not alone in that
0: and we're not done yet. Oh no. Some of you have already been messaging us asking for our thoughts on Midnight Sun, or The Host, or The Britanna novella.
1: And we're keen to explore all of those.
0: But first, we think it's time to step into the wonderful world of cinema.
1: Thank you for joining us. For- final part of our discussion of the novel breaking dawn
0: we'll be back in a fortnight to take on the first film adaptation in the saga 2008's twilight but in the meantime you can follow forks cast on twitter and instagram
1: and you can rate review and subscribe to what the forks on whichever platform you listen
0: until next time look after yourselves and remember
1: a preface is not a prologue